Hi guys, this is Doug, and you're listening to What's the Hazard. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Fallowich Construction Services, Custom Concrete Specialists, WorkSafe Consulting, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, and our latest sponsor, Make You Safe. Thank you one and all for your support. I sincerely appreciate it. Now let's get to today's episode. It is Friday, March 3rd. We're coming to you from lovely Omaha, Nebraska. It's going to be 50 degrees, man. No complaints from me for one day at least. Yeah. Yeah, So um, Aaron and I used to, uh, we used to kind of title our episodes leadership or safety leadership. And now what are we going to call it? Like, what the hell or what's what's going on or on the fly? I think we came up with on the fly because we tend to be a little bit spontaneous when we sit down and we always have some idea where we're going with this, but usually it takes its own path. And sure. When we get there, we realize where where we're going. You know, what's funny is I was, uh, you know, I, I'm, I go on another podcast once in a while with one of my very first martial arts instructors. And, uh, the other day we were on the phone and we were just, he's, Hey, what do you want to talk about as myself, him and another person, guy named steve and we're just chit-chatting and like five six minutes go by and all of a sudden he blurts out damn it steve we should have been recording right <laughs> exactly it's, it's just you know it's really good conversation comes out organically and uh I, I think that's funny because i was thinking about i was like you know i think joe rogan's got to figure it out like his podcast is too long i can't sit there and listen to three hours mm-hmm. but i think the point is is that he just starts having discussion and it comes out organically when mm-hmm. i think some podcasts because they try to get it in in a half hour. It gets mm-hmm. really forced. Yes. And it's just not a natural conversation. Yeah. And you can feel the scriptedness of it. And yeah. It's and really it's just, yeah, unnatural. With him over the course of three hours. Something it, good it's, is going to come, come out. right? And, and, <clears> uh, I would agree. And, uh, I think to your point is like half the time, even when we're in a gym and we're BSing about something, I was like, man, we should have been recording. Should have been that. recording that. Well, <laughs> I think <laughs> really and that's good. true too because, you know, Cam will usually – we we started coming in and we would just start, sit down and chat and we'd have a great discussion. And then we would start recording, which is why we start recording, and then we're just capturing whatever the hell goes on. Hopefully, right. it's nothing terribly offensive. But <laughs> oftentimes, the the gems are in that pre-discussion. Before we're not we on even network start. TV, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. I don't think my mom's going to catch this one. Right. So, yeah, we can be as free to speak as as we want to. But we do have some topics, and there's been a lot going on, man. I my life has been incredibly hectic the last few weeks, and which is interesting. And you know, I not here to air any personal issues or dirty laundry or anything, but really crazy few weeks. And I know you've had a lot going on in your life the last right. few weeks. And you you look, I don't watch news. I can't watch the news, but I know there are things going on in the world. Sure. At least I assume there are. Right. But but things like East Palestine, you know, that, <laughs> right. that tragedy. Sure. And um, one thing, I, I'm always offended when they assemble all the politicians, you saw this picture probably where they got the governor and they got the EPA director and they're all in some poor bastard's house drinking tap water just to show that it's safe. Right. Did you see that? Right. It's always out oh there. Oh my God. I was right. just disgusted And you wonder if it's, it's behind the scenes, they put the bottle. Oh yeah, glass, man. Right? Or they took some antidote beforehand or whatever. They run the iodine start... tablets in like we used to have to. In the exactly. The iodine tablets. I'm just. You know, I mean, it's one thing to come out and say, you know, watch these huge clouds of vinyl chloride decomposition products wafting through town and say it's safe to go back to your home. But it's another thing to put on that bullshit photo op stuff that just drives me crazy. You know what's crazy? I just, um, 
I was doing some some of my own homework the other night, and I had uh, Netflix on in the back. And there's this mushroom documentary. This guy named Paul Stamets. Have you, I've heard of him. Yeah, so yeah. he's the mushroom guy. Mm-hmm. But they've actually started uh, using fungi and mushrooms to clean up waste spills mm-hmm. because it uh, fungus is a natural decomposer, and Absolutely. it'll decompose anything. And they did some experiments where they took piles of petroleum or oil mm-hmm, spills mm-hmm. and then they put three different things on it like and then uh his team went in and put some mushroom or some fungus mycelium or something and they came back x number of days later and lifted the tarps and the thing was covered and flourishing in mushrooms and it was decomposing everything mm-hmm, interesting and uh you know so when i when i hear spills like that i'm like throw mushrooms all over it <laughs> right <laughs> right like said, but, but it's interesting because you and i i mean both of us having your, your professionally and my, you know, just personal interest in fitness and those things mm-hmm. and nutrition. And you are delving into the nutrition world more deeply through, you know, education and stuff. Right. But mushrooms always come up, man. I mean, all those well, different types fungus. of mushrooms, fungus fungi in general. Fungus, right? Mushroom, mere mushroom is just. They come up. It's just the in, cap, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the real fungus is in the ground. The mycelium, mm-hmm. the, the network that's in the ground. The, the mushroom is just like the fruit, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, mm-hmm. the cap that you see, which is the edible piece. But. Right. The real magic is in in the actual and what's going on, what's going on underneath the it, right? The exactly. mycelium net, the mycelium fields. It's the largest <laughs> organism in the world. The mycelium mat up in the northwest. Mm-hmm. It's the largest living organism in the world. All interconnected, one huge it's living. Literally organism. a network. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is cool. Uh, but what it can do is amazing. Like uh, we have chickens and bees behind the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, my front desk person Ashley, uh, she she swears by it. She'll put, she'll get mycelium and whatever she puts it on the shit grows like crazy mm-hmm. and she'll put it around the bees and it helps bees develop immune system. The chickens flourish. It's, it's mm-hmm. just amazing. It is interesting. It yeah. doesn't seem like that should be a big mystery. I mean that, you know, these natural remedies and things are so powerful, but we tend to ignore them for the AMA or the pharmaceutical industries. Well, constant, you know, bombardment with their promotions. Right. Because it's, uh, there's no long-term studies on it because mm-hmm. you, cause you really can't. Mm-hmm ethically do long-term studies on humans and this stuff but you know the whole stigma of magic mushrooms mm-hmm. you know uh you know the government got lo- looped out under the war on drugs so a lot of the experiments there was a lot of research being done on especially uh the, the chemical effects on the brain and and the psychology of it and how mm-hmm. it can help people with serious psychological issues uh, there was a lot of research being done, and then when the war on drugs kicked in, it just cut it all off. Yeah, uh, because it got lumped in with every, with, you know, especially psilocybin, which is what makes you trip, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote trip. But there's also tons and tons of research on microdosing with it and the effects it has oh, yeah. on the brain, mm-hmm. and how it can help people stop stuttering and come over emotional issues and right and and. Uh, even enhanced brain capacity. Well, brain you know, a lot of activity. Silicon Valley is shifting from Adderall to microdosing with mushrooms because yeah. one, mushrooms are natural and has a natural effect, and it's not man-made mm-hmm. uh, synthetic drug. So, but the research is now starting to kick back up now that a lot of states have decriminalized a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Now the research is kicking back up. Yeah, it's interesting. It. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> any experimentation with. Uh, those those uh, substances substances you've just mentioned <laughs> back in the 70s and 80s but right. perhaps but <laughs> hypothetically I, I thought it was great you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know now 
I've never laughed so hard in my life. <clears throat> you can watch even like crappy movies like, uh, you know, some like, not, I like Adam Sandler, but some right, of those old right. shitty movies that are even funny on, you know, the right substance. But right. Anyway, man, let's get to the point for today. Right. Um, we actually have a couple of things that we mentioned that might be sure. worth talking. You just posted something on LinkedIn that I thought was really interesting. You made a reference to this, the rule of thirds. Right. Uh, and I think it was uh, attached to a, uh, an Olympian, an athlete, an athlete who was making the comment. It was Could a, you talk a little she bit was about a, a gymnast and just had a bad day. Yeah. Just talk about a, the rule of thirds and what day that is. Practice and her coach was explaining the rule of thirds. She goes, well, it's the rule of thirds. And, and really what it comes down to is look, you should a third of the time, it should be easy. A third of the time it should be really, really hard. Okay. Me meaning like, if, if every day is successful and every day it's easy, you're not, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. If every day it's incredibly hard where it's, it becomes depressing and, and almost, a, you know, you're it failing, just makes, you're failing you, you just don't want to do it. Then it's too, too hard. Mm -hmm. Right. And the third of the time it should be somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. where you have a halfway decent day. And, and, and so if you apply the rule of thirds, that's how you should feel. A third of the time it should be like, man, I'm just not getting it. Mm -hmm. A third of the time you're just nailing it, and a third of the time you're having an all right day where you're mm -hmm. getting it some of the time, and, I, and and now you know you're you're in the right zone for it all. It's interesting. It should never be easy all right. the time. You're it not should, trying hard enough. It should be hard all the, all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't want to be failing continuously. Maybe you're overdoing. You don't right. want to be succeeding all the time. And I think right. there is definitely application of that to the workplace. I mean, one hundred percent. If it, if you're if it's always going well and always batting a thousand mm -hmm. and never having any problems i would really get worried mm -hmm. and really question like there's nothing wrong here like there's nobody's messing anything up or are we just not looking anymore mm -hmm. or, have we stopped point. seeing it right so i think the rule of thirds really applies to the safety world as well it's like are we walk around going man this is great we haven't had a single issue in three years uh <laughs> no doubt really Right. Like really, are we or are we just not pushing hard anymore? Mm -hmm. Are we not looking anymore? Are we are we not holding ourselves to the letter of the law anymore? Are we not holding our feet right. to fire? Or are we gotten complacent? Yeah, nobody's reporting things yeah. anymore. Whatever the case. And, and vice be. the opposite is it a shit show all the time? Mm -hmm. Like you, <laughs> like you don't. I mean, there's times where where it maybe should be, to some degree, and then you, you try to live in the in that middle third most of the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, no. that is a really interesting gauge. You know, it is useful. And I can remember the frustrations of failure in training or in whatever activity you're doing. And I can remember when things are going well and, you know, then it would fluctuate back and forth and you'd get really frustrated because I don't know if you're expecting it to be good all the time. And that's either unsustainable or you've kind of set your training parameters wrong or whatever yeah. that happens to be. It's like in practice. I, t I tell guys, guys, I see guys get frustrated and I'm like, what are you pissed off about? Oh, so and so beat me. I'm like, Nobody wins practice, dude. Mm -hmm. You're looking at it all wrong. Yeah. Like, what, did you get better? Were you working on anything? Because if you take this mentality of, I lost at practice, I got to try harder, or uh, it's like, okay, then then you're never going to feel successful, mm -hmm. right? And you're looking at practice the wrong way. Practice is, is a way to get better. It's meant to train. It's meant to, to work on something, whether it's controlled repetitions or live reps or like IA scrimmages type thing. But it's like, you walk away thinking you lost practice or worse yet, maybe you walk away thinking you won practice. Like, <laughs> Even worse. Well, who did you beat? Right. And, and maybe 
Did they even care you beat them? Yeah, someone who's trying How to get better. How hard are they trying, right? Someone who's got a you handle. Know, so, I, and I think the rule of thirds applies there because it's like, well, you have to temper w- w- compared to what? Like, what are you gauging this against? Like, hey, we did really well. Well, compared to what? Compared to how we did last month? Okay, that makes sense to me. Compared to the industry standard? Compared to some bullshit matrix we made up? Mm-hmm. Metrics, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, it's I, I would look at, if I'm running a safety program, I would sit back and go, okay, I feel like we've been doing really well. For how long? Oh, a year. Okay, well, that that's probably too long. Like I haven't found anything wrong for mm-hmm. a year. We are really right? impressive. We've, we've just been patting ourselves on the yeah. back for a year. Oh, the big board number has been zero for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that doesn't mean everything is perfect. Oh, right? absolutely. Uh, so I think if you find yourselves, you, if you've been in this one of the, the third where everything's going great for too long, and you realize you've, oh man, we don't, we've, we're never in that other third. Well, that's probably wrong. That's a great and, and not wrong. It's probably naive. Naive mm-hmm. is probably a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would it's agree. It's naive to think there's nothing behind the scenes that couldn't be looked at or couldn't right. be improved or doesn't need a keen eye on it. Mm-hmm. And, and these are those companies. I don't mean to interrupt you, but those companies that don't have injuries, they have that board that you know, three thousand two hundred forty-seven days without a lost time incident or whatever. <clears throat> I, I don't. We could talk about complacency all you want, but I think another thing that you lose is leverage with the executives. You know, the executives think, man, we are, we got this under control. And now you go to the executives with, oh, I need some money for this. And well, do you really? Because, man, we haven't had a lost time injury in 3,000 days or whatever. I think they kind of lose focus. Or their heads point. explode when something does happen. How did this happen? Or that too. Yeah. We said we had everything in order. Right. And, and yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you, if you think about, man, I, I'm not saying you want to live in either one of these, but you have to appreciate the benefit of all three, of all three mm-hmm. thirds. There's and that you will three. pass through all of them at some and point. And you should. Right. And, and you should to the point mm-hmm. where if, you, if you're in this upper third where everything's going great, okay, we probably need to start pushing a little harder. We probably need to dial in a few things. Every process, you can get to a point where it's running very good, very efficiently, very effective very consistent very accurate very precise but then if you let it alone what naturally tends to happen right it naturally starts to move towards chaos Mm -hmm. we've all done it you've cleaned your house top to bottom what eventually happens Mm -hmm. you could clean a house top to bottom leave it for a month and come back and somehow it's dirty it's dusty yeah it's it's musty smell whatever it is well how'd that happen nobody hasn't been in here it's been sealed up but it's still it still just gravitates towards getting dirty. Yeah, processes are the same. They will gravitate towards inefficiency. Um, people it's kind of like entropy, almost, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to yeah, put energy just, into a system and call it what you ordered. want: entropy, complacency, whatever it is. We will eventually start to move away from perfection unless mm-hmm. we stay on top of it and force ourselves mm-hmm. to kin- continuously improve. That's the whole point of continuous improvement in kaizen and all and all right. that stuff. Uh, you know, so it, it what a it's understanding, hey, I feel like I'm here. I know I'm probably dipping in here. I need to consider this. And if I'm not dipping in here, I need to push myself to be in this area of, okay, we've got this knocked out. Let's go on to something else and challenge ourselves again. Mm-hmm. Right? Let, yeah. Let's move the program forward. Let's take it a step further. Let's take it a step further. We got to get out of our comfort zone. Sometimes you hear it referred right. to as that. When we say we got to get out of our comfort zone, it's understanding I've been living in this third of perfection. 
I need to dip into this third of chaos mm -hmm. and pain mm -hmm. to force myself to improve. Right. I, I would agree. And usually that's what it takes for me personally. I need a little bit of pain or discomfort in order to motivate me to put energy back into the system to improve. You know, so if it's, everything is going too smoothly, you know, I'm not, the, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade necessarily, but I think it's time to be cautious or at least considerate about drifting into that discomfort a little bit. Right. And I, and I get it as safety professionals, like if things are going well and the jobs are getting done and margins are good and the company's making money, you don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. Like, like the CEO, the CFO and the CEO don't want you going there screwing with stuff. Let it alone. It's working well. Mm -hmm. We're making money. Don't mess with it. I, I get that. Mm -hmm. like, I get it. Because the last thing you want to do is hinder pr production or slow productivity in any way with some cockamamie safety thing right. you want to try to do. Right. Nobody's getting hurt. We're making money. Let it alone. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I understand that. But that's not the right answer. Yeah. The right answer is you, you do need to push against it. You do need to challenge it. You do need to throw in wrinkles it's the same thing um retail places especially grocery stores will do this right there's this concept called 5s and lean right sort straighten shine standardize sustain right it's basically housekeeping organize everything everything has its place it's easier to restock it's easier to find if something's out of place it's noticeable but what do grocery stores always do so we have a routine right people are creatures of habit and even in a grocery store, we'll have the same path we take all the time because there's certain things we eat, there's certain things we stay away from, and we, we develop a path that we, mm -hmm. and then you go to look for something, and then one day you can't find it because they moved it. And you're like, mm -hmm. what the hell? It's always been here, and they moved it. So you ask yourself, why would they move it? They're fucking with me, man. <laughs> they do it to me all the time. I, it drives me crazy. So they move it because it forces you to relearn the store. Yeah forces you to see things you stop seeing after a while mm -hmm. because we get blinders on, we get our things, we get out. Right. So we will naturally get as efficient as we can. Right. Cause mm -hmm. time is money. Time is precious. I'm going to, I want to get in, get out. I right. get my routine. And then when they mess with it, now I got to look head up going, where is everything? And now I start seeing stuff and maybe impulse buy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they force you to break yeah. your routine. They force you to relearn everything. And, and that's very valuable in the safety world, I think, because it, it forces us to reset and relearn stuff, mm -hmm. touch things we haven't seen before. We get in too much of a mode, a complacent mode, a mode of, hey, we're, we're firing all cylinders, we're just humming along, things are going great. We're up in this third, or we're living mm -hmm. in this third. And it's like, nah, man, we got to get down here. We got we to gotta throw ourselves in this once in a while. If nothing else, to learn new things or to relearn or re-see things we stop seeing after a while, wow. right? That's you know, so really it, it, it's comment. like a gymnast. You know, that example that you saw was a gymnast, and it's, mm -hmm. she said she wasn't hitting her splits. Well, if you're always hitting them, okay, it's time to change it up. It's time to uh, weightlifting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, progressive adaptation. Right? You have to change it up because the body adapts and you stop growing. Mm -hmm. Same thing in your safety program. You have to change it up or it stops growing. Mm -hmm. You have to maybe present information in a different way or bring on something new or you, you have to, it sounds bad, but you have to induce some pain mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. yeah. to make for the program to continue to grow and for people to continue to learn and people to stay cognizant and aware of what's happening around them. That's a really interesting concept. 
And the analogy that you have given um, is one that I'm familiar with because I do the grocery shopping in my family. And when they <laughs> change the store, it drives me crazy. I mean, because I have developed that pattern that I, that, you know, habitual pattern that I go exactly to where I want. And you're in a hurry. Store. I hear people, <laughs> I hear people, I see people looking around the store and, and I'm like, can I help you find something? Because I know where shit is because the way I've been, you know, right. And then they move it and it really causes me distress. And I have to start, as you said, going up and down the, the mm -hmm. aisles and looking now because I can't find my shit. And um, the idea that that's obviously intentional and sure. how we can apply that in our workplaces. Right. It's not really big things, right? It's not, they're never going to move the meat counter. Mm -hmm. never they're never, the they're never going to move dairy. They're never going to move the fresh produce. They won't move the bigger. They, they'll keep the big things where they are. It's the little things around it they'll screw with. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's just enough. Right. It's just enough to make you pick your head up and be aware and relearn. That's great. Right. So I'm not saying overhaul your safety program. Yeah. I'm saying change little things. Mm -hmm. And you keep changing little things periodically to yeah. force people to stay aware and stay in the game. I'm trying to envision what that would be that would you know, that would have the effect you are describing without jeopardizing something. And so I'm thinking like maybe you could change the signage, you know. We've got certain signage that we walk past every change day. Change the colors. Change, change the location. The Maybe move the location slightly. Maybe, yeah, just change the verbiage on them a little bit. Change when you bit. do your meetings. Change how you do your meetings. Put mm -hmm. different people in charge of the meetings. We talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Rotate who does the topic of the day. Right. Right. Because now that that's sharing the pain. Right. Mm -hmm. No one likes to talk. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just share the pain. Make it be painful for somebody and rotate around. So now they're forced to learn. They're forced to get up and talk. They're forced to be a part of it. Everybody shares in it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'd say move, like do something like move the fire extinguishers. We got to be careful about that. Yeah, you want, what, you yeah. want people to know exactly where that is. Right. But even then, people forget where it's at. Sure. And moving it goes, oh, man, I forgot it was over there. Okay. Right. I just relearned where it's at. Now it's fresh right. on my mind. Mm -hmm. It's right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we've all been there. Where's that damn thing again? Because mm -hmm. we forgot where it was. Yeah. Uh, so just, even there's there's even value in moving that. and then But making it known, making it a production. And uh, so I... I you know, doing spot checks, periodically doing spot checks on people is a way to induce some pain and, and, and get into that because now they know at any point they're liable to be spot checked. And, and, and if there's some consequences, which, you know, in sports, the consequences losing right. or having a bad practice or right. pain on your body. Well, th there should be some consequence of failing a spot check because it's like, you know, and you got to be careful. Like you don't want to, you know, if you make them too harsh and people want to leave, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, there has to be something like, hey, next time, it's got to be a little more than that, mm -hmm. right? Um, to make them want to and be motivated. It's part of the motivation theory. You got to make them want to do it. But also reward people, too. If I spot check you and you knock it out of the park, whoosh, gift card or something, you know, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there's got to be both ends of it. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, thirds is a neat way to put it. It's probably not cleanly like thirds. But the point was, it's like not every day should be a great day. Yeah, but if it's always great or always shitty, you should question. You need some adjustment. 100%. Yeah. You never want to live in either one of them. Right. That's a really interesting concept. And I saw that you had posted that recently, and I watched that yeah. video, and I thought that would be interesting to talk about. I've got a question for you. So, and we have not pre-discussed this, so I don't mean to take you off guard, but, <laughs> no, you, you do. know. You do, 100%. But, well, to some degree. I, I want to put you in, in your uh, discomfort zone, you know. So, um, OSHA believes that penalties motivate 
or the threat of penalty, I should say, motivates people to comply. It can. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this concept. So I'm thinking about it in these terms. You know, OSHA raises their penalty amount. Their serious, you know, the mm-hmm. serious violation, maximum statutory penalty. When I was in the game, which has been nine years ago, the maximum was $7,000 for a serious violation without any penalty reduction right. stuff. And now it's 15400 or something for a serious violation. So you got to be careful. You're talking to somebody who doesn't think our legal system has stiff enough penalties. Okay. And that's an interesting question. But we were talking for about certain crimes. We're talking about motivation crimes. now, right? right? So, no, but, but that's a motivation. It's a, a motivating ticket, factor. Say so you get a speeding ticket, costs you 150 bucks or something. Why not make a speeding ticket $15,000? I mean, so there's, there's that. There's two factors there, right? Change motivation. So you have what's called positive and negative reinforcement, mm-hmm. right? And, and people confuse this and, and misunderstand this. So negative consequences is actually positive reinforcement. And, and, here's what I, and here's what you have to understand with positive reinforcement. If you do something, something will happen, right? I, I, will, I will do something to you, positive or negative, right? So positive reinforcement is, okay, if you speed, I'll give you a ticket. That's positive reinforcement. I'm, I'm doing something to you. Mm-hmm. Negative reinforcement was if I took something away from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. So a speeding ticket is positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Taking your license would be negative reinforcement. Mm-hmm. You get a negative constant, right? They're both, they're both applicable, right? They, mm-hmm. They're both motivators and in, both consequences in, in, different, of- in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and they are valuable. And, and truth be told, you know, we put speeding signs up. We do give traffic tickets, but they're not, high enough to really stop people it's more of a revenue generating Mm -hmm. scheme than anything okay to your point if you i I don't think the fine raising the fine would stop people from speeding i think the threat of losing your license would have a a, a greater greater motivator i see okay interesting because you you take away their mode of transportation Mm -hmm. now now the negative consequence might be people just drive without licenses which is very possible but the point is is nobody's really afraid of the fine Mm mm-hmm it, I don't it, think that's what it's not enough. Me of, it's not enough of a motivator to not speed. To not speed. And that, that's right. clear. Like that, that's there's no arguing that. Mm-hmm. If you raise the fine and raise the consequences, would it stop people from speeding? It'll probably have a better chance. To be quite honest, um, you know, there's there are countries where if you steal, you're losing a finger. Mm-hmm. If you rape, you're losing your junk. Right. If you murder, mm-hmm. it's death penalty. Right. That's a big motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, our country is you're innocent till proven guilty unless it's a court of public opinion, which is just the opposite. Because the idea is that we would rather set a guilty person free than run the risk of imprisoning an innocent person. I agree with that. Now, there are other countries that are just the opposite. Their philosophy is better to imprison a single innocent person and send the message to everybody, Mm -hmm. don't do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. And, And bring down the level of incidents altogether. I see both sides, mm-hmm. Unless, um, but in terms of safety, uh, it, it's both sides, right? You, you have to, you, you, it can't be a, always a slap on the hand because it's like, well, I'm not going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. So what's the big deal? And uh, I can, I can handle uh, a, I can handle a hundred dollar fine. Uh, they're not going to do anything. Just don't worry about it. They're not right. going to do anything. So over the years, OSHA, I'm sure realized these big companies don't give a shit about seven grand. They're just, right. they've already written it into the budget. 
Right. They've already charged it off. To the, they worked it into their yeah. their charge to the client because they know we're probably going to whack them three times, so they already worked in three right. grand. They figured that out. Mm-hmm. So that's why the fines keep getting higher and higher because you have to have some pain threshold yes. that will get people to stop it. Now, OSHA's tactic might be better if instead of fining people, which is a positive reinforcement, figure out how to take something away. Mm-hmm. You're shut down for 60 days. Ooh, that's an interesting thought. Because now they can't revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. They've already factored in the fine right. in a rev in their revenue approach, right? Yeah. But if you say no, no fine, you're shut down for 60 days. Mm-hmm. I bet you that would change the tune a little bit. It certainly might. Because I think the they would be fearful right? of the impact that would have on the employees, certainly by shutting down, or that maybe the company had to continue to pay them during that shutdown period or something. Well, I don't know. Well, and and, and that could be that could be part of the penalty. Not only is shut down, you have to continue to pay your employees. Then the employees would be creating violations like crazy <laughs> to get some time off. But it is an interesting right, concept perfect, to right? me. Nothing's it's perfect. an interesting concept. And you said something in there that I thought was really interesting. When I was with OSHA many years ago, one of our younger compliance officers made an inspection of a dairy that, that I won't mention the name, but, it, and, um, we've all eaten their ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. That's the one. And so uh, the, the, the citation package was referred is what we were referred to then as a significant case. It was over a hundred thousand dollars in penalties and it originated after the initial inspection at around 70, 80,000. But you know, once you get close to sniffing that SIG case level, then the, the managers really push to get over it because if you get a significant case as an office, there's some accolades and recognition that come with that. Mm-hmm. So they were we were expected to get a certain number of SIG cases each year. And so once we were in that range, then they, well, what about this and maybe that? And all of a sudden now it's $120,000. Sure. And the package goes out and I ran to the store and bought milk because – that company is not going to lose $120,000. Well, they're going to raise the price. They're going to raise, even if they yeah. raise the price of milk a penny, <laughs> right, right. they make it up that day, you know, literally in sales. And so as we were, everybody's patting themselves on the back and what a great thing we've done, knowing that it may not have been the most, you know, perfect citation package. You know, I'm not casting aspersions, but sometimes we Things that maybe would have gone otherwise unsighted get mentioned just to get to that. Well, number. but in in I just knew you guys are crazy because this company's yeah, not affected by this. They're not affected by this. In 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 OSHA's defense, there it's like, well, don't give me a reason to look. Mm-hmm. And if I am looking, now I'm going to look at everything. Absolutely. It's like it's like when you do renovation of your house. Once you tear that wall out, now you're uncovering everything. You're Absolutely. Like, oh crap! This is. There's the black mold. There's the water yeah, damage. All, believe me like, when I say I'm not. I'm not blaming OSHA. Right. The system is the system. Right. Just don't give I'm just curious as to how much of a motivator it truly is for the larger companies. Not the smaller companies. Clearly, the money. I think a bigger the smaller impact. companies really run scared <clears throat> because they know if they're even aware. They know fifteen thousand oh, dollars. It's, it's huge. It's huge for them. Strong. Uh, I had a friend of mine. I told you this. Uh, one of the guys in my gym started a small framing company on the side. And they're humming along doing it, and they got whacked one day. And it was funny. Um, even even the, the ocean inspector said, hey, we weren't coming to look at you. We just happened to be coming through the neighborhood and saw your guys. Mm-hmm. So they stopped and nailed them. Sure. And they got fined. And, and it was a young company, not even a year in business. And it, was, it wasn't it was a big number, 
but it was very impactful mm-hmm. right small company right so right. the smaller the companies they don't have the, the cash reserve they don't have the resources to absorb it it's very impactful for the big dogs. They they got money set aside or ready mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Like they know. And they, they and, and and let's be and honest. The laws of probability. The laws of probability say you're going to have violations. Like you you kick enough field goals, you're going to miss one mm-hmm. eventually. So then you know on these big job sites, and you got to after you have enough job sites running, you're going to have violations. Like it's just shit yeah. happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they they have money set aside waiting for it. And they know OSHA is going to pinch them at some point because if nothing mm-hmm. by happenstance, they're mm-hmm. driving through the neighborhood and see when you're. Right. So they got money set aside, and of course, the larger the company it is, the more they can absorb. So it's just okay, pay it and keep going. Yeah. Um. Now they'll tell people to fix their stuff because they don't want to keep paying <clears throat> things like that. Right. But. It, it it is not as much of a motivator at mm-hmm. all. So that's one of those things where either the fine has to be just ridiculously high, which now you got to question the fairness of it. Yeah. And why did we get the ten million dollar fine? They got ten grand. Like, okay, I get that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so that's, that's why, why I think shutting them down. If everybody gets shut down sixty days, sixty days is sixty days for everybody. I'm just making that number up. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it would be. Mm-hmm. But the difference in the consequences: pay this, or I take something from. I, I put something on you or I take something from you. Okay, 60 days is 60 days. Mm-hmm. That's impactful for anybody. Right. Right. Even right. So now it's relative. Right. To what's going on. But now that being said, this is really interesting. And just the whole psychology of motivation mm-hmm. is interesting. It's interesting to me. I've always wondered, you know, how do we how do you motivate employees? Sure. How do you motivate companies? All that stuff is kind of interesting. And does money motivate them you know osha has kind of dusted off this old instance by instance citation policy recently where in really egregious cases back in my day rather than just give them one citation for not wearing ppe we we would go through and each employee that was caught not wearing ppe would be an instance that could be cited that amount of money so your fifteen thousand dollar penalty for 10 people just went to 150,000 bucks or something. Right. They've kind of rolled that back out and trumpeted that a little bit. Again, I think with the intention of motivating the bigger companies who aren't really affected by the existing penalties. Yeah, maybe it, it's to, like kids. To take notice at least. Sure, it's like kids. Think about your kids, right? Certain kids respond to a spanking. Others respond to getting their toys taken away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Positive, negative reinforcement there. You got to figure out every company is going to respond differently. So, you know, if, if you go in there and whack them with a fine, they don't even bat an eye. Okay, that didn't work. Next time we'll shut them down. Mm-hmm. Next time we'll try this till we get our, our point across. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like kids. Companies are just like kids. They're all going to react differently to right. different consequences. Right. And you got to figure out which one's the most motivating mm-hmm. and, and make it work. And the same thing with employees. Right. Certain employees are worried about losing their jobs. Certain employees aren't. Certain employees really a gift card really resonates with them. Others would rather have a day off. Um, certain consequences are impactful to certain employees and then others don't even bat an eye at it. You just got to figure that out. Right. It's, that's part of motivation theory. It's not cleanly cut mm-hmm. across the board to everybody or every yeah. organization. Uh, you have to tweak it and find out what's going to motivate and resonate with that person or that organization. Right. I think that's one of the things OSHA struggles with because it's government agency. So they want a consistent standard way of doing things. Certainly. But clearly it doesn't have the same impact on everybody or doesn't right. it's not the same motivating effect it has on every organization. 
Right. So it really works in one case and falls incredibly short in another instance. That's that's really an astute observation. You're, yeah. you're trying to cookie cutter it, and it's just not that easy. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to, that's a great comment because that segues well into this question of compliance. I was at a facility yesterday, and we were talking about some leadership stuff and some safety stuff. And the company representative had mentioned to me, um, they had really focused heavily for years on being in compliance, Mm -hmm. following the OSHA regulations. And that was their safety effort. And yet their injury rates continued to go up and their EMR continued to rise. You know, their loss runs were increasing. And he said, we, we finally got away from that. We realized that wasn't working for us, focusing so heavily on compliance. And they started working on just more operational excellence, leadership management stuff. Working um, safely. Working safely, exactly. Identifying right. real hazards rather than just focusing. Now, you can't abandon compliance, but the focus sure. changed. And now their EMR has come down. Their right. injury rates have come down. So really what they did Talk was they, 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 they shifted, bit. like we've been talking about for a couple of years now. They shifted from a safety program mindset to a cultural working safely mindset. Exactly. When, when you focus on compliance, you focus on the minimums and then you live at the minimums. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to get above that because you're just focused on the minimums. Right. Let's just get this. Let's get this. But then you stay there. There's a tendency to stay there. It's like the military and your PT standards, right? There's standards you have to meet. Well, everybody just wants to meet the standard. There's no reward for going above it. So now you just you meet the standard and half the force walks around out of shape. Mm-hmm. because you're just focused on the minimums you're focused on compliance when you when you get a, if you and i'll just keep fitness as an example instead of focusing on the compliance and hitting the minimums if you had a culture of being incredibly healthy and super fit you're going to blow by those because now you're focusing up here now you're creating a culture and a lifestyle of it so when when, when they got away from compliance and just started focusing on a culture of working safely okay and, and, and doing things the right way and just making it a way of life and a lifestyle. This is just how we do business. They blew, they probably blew by those standards blew right past because it. they're just, yeah. they're so far ahead of it. Now it's like, right. The, the, we don't even worry about the minimums because we're so far ahead of it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's a kind of force for the trees. It's thing. a mindset, right? It's a, it's a mindset approach. So anytime, mm-hmm. anytime you just focus on compliance, you automatically begin to relegate yourself to the minimums mm-hmm. and it just, it just fosters mediocrity. Interesting. Yeah. It just naturally fosters me. This is why, like, not to get political, but any anytime you have any kind of socialized system, it breeds mediocrity. Why? Because you immediately are focusing on the minimums. Right. There's there's, <clears throat> there's nothing motivating you to go above and beyond. Exactly. Right? It, it just isn't. Uh, this is this like that's the difference between like public school and private school. What what's you know that, that now some of the public schools are very good. I'm not poo pooing public schools, but um private or socialized government run enterprise the private enterprise is always better that's why it costs more in a lot of cases right because they're they're focusing on above and beyond whereas generally um the government run or socialized type of programs just Mm -hmm. are are worried about compliance and focused on the minimums you regress to the mean why would you go above and beyond it just it just breeds mediocrity like everybody knows it like you know you hear about socialized medicine around the world it's great it's great it's great but we all know even in canada as soon as doctors hit their quotas, they're done. They shut down. Right. 
because what's what's the motivating factor to do more to get better i hit the quota that's all i'm supposed to do it's all mandated to do why should i do mm -hmm. more like yeah, i know people say well the goodness of their heart but okay well if i can work eight hours a day and quit why would i work 16. right um but that's because the focus is is on the compliance it's on mm -hmm. the, it's on the minimums and i think it's just natural to get away that's why we we've been saying get away from the big board get away from the number on the big board because that just breeds mediocrity it just mm -hmm. breeds oh the number's zero so everything's good we can stop right that's a great yeah we can really stop interesting right why do more the number's zero mm -hmm. there's no need to do more there really no discretionary energy that whole thing that paul o'neill talked about you know you get discretionary energy when employees feel valued they feel part of a team all of those mm -hmm. kind of things if we're just shooting for the bare if if the bare minimum if compliance is the pinnacle then why are we going to go beyond that sure. that's why a lot of times like every time you like you and i will bring warren buffett i call him uncle warren right because his face is everywhere at the college of business and then, i'm sure and then bill gates will come in once in a while and they'll have a talk and there's always one student that says what's your advice for a new graduate and they without a hiccup they'll say find something you're passionate about now why would why would two of the richest guys in the world say that because they know if they hire somebody who's passionate about their work, you'll put in 60 hours and I'll pay you for 40 because mm -hmm. you don't care. You love doing it. You'll work for free mm -hmm. and you end up doing work for damn near free. For free. Yeah, I'm paying you for 40. You'll put yeah. 60, 80 in because you love doing it. And then, you know, so, so that that's, that's the thing. Like when you do something you're passionate about, you'll, you'll give that extra energy mm -hmm. without even thinking twice. You don't even care if you're getting paid for it. Because yeah. now you want to do it. It's part of your DNA. You're on board. You're on the bus. You're all in. What do I need to do? I'll put in the extra time without even thinking twice about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what blows a company past the minimums and, and, yeah. and past mediocrity, right? Because they get the buy-in from everybody. If you're just focused on compliance, everybody just stays in this minimum effort kind of mode. So you know that's it's you got to tap into that passion and get people passionate about your program or at least on board of the program where they see this intrinsic value this altruistic benefit to them beyond the paycheck beyond the money beyond the program itself it's doing all these other things for me and then you get that extra energy and then the company just you know just blows through those it's a cultural approach yeah it's interesting and, and, and it's uh that's that's why i hate when you put, i i get it like track the numbers but track it quietly like there's a time and a place, but it can't be the sole focus, right? right. First thing you see that's when you come in, in the, the morning, goal. like that's not <clears throat> the goal, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, it's a, a means to an end. Yes, right? exactly. As and I'm it's pointing to whatever's up on the screen, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's important to know those things. It's important to track those things. But I mean, when it's the first thing you see every day, the last thing you see when you're leaving and you know, it is the obsession. Sure. It, it tends to cloud the real it's like my clients and, and not to be sexist women especially but guys are guilty as well like you know they come in and say hey i want to lose weight or i'm diabetic or i'm borderline diabetic and this that, and the other thing and and they want to focus on that number on the scale and they can't get past it and i had a client one time she was like Aaron, I'm, I'm just i'm really frustrated i'm like why she said, i'm just I'm, I'm not losing any weight i go so but i, I was here to lose weight and i was like Susie, we'll just call her Susie. I go, Susie, how many dress sizes are you down? I'm down two dress sizes. Do you feel good? Yeah. Are you sleeping better? Yeah. Do you have more energy? Yeah. Stronger. Who gives a shit what's on the scale? Right. 
some other chick somewhere. Right. So, but the point was, she got so focused on that number because that was yeah. the bar, that was the compliance number, mm-hmm. and then you you failed to see all the other wins that were happening around exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, do you not see what's happening? Right. Right. So you get like get past the number. It's like it's easy to get caught up in that, but it is not the end. Right. And, and to your point, to bring it full circle, when you when you say compliance and you're focused on compliance, you start to focus on the numbers. You mm-hmm. just that's all you're dialed in on. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're making the numbers, it's like you you, you stop seeing everything else around it. Right. And that can be dangerous. And that gets very dangerous. It, it, yeah. it might not be dangerous in respect that okay, people aren't getting hurt, but you're stifling your program. You're not allowing it to grow or giving it a chance to grow because you keep pulling it back to the mm-hmm. to this minimum to these numbers mm-hmm. you're just not letting it get past it that's interesting i think that's a good stopping point man because it is, <laughs> it's an hour our hour is up and cam's going like this and cam's like, over cut. there like cut cut yeah time's up but i think that's a great place to wrap things up i mean we talked about you know this living in the thirds and a, maybe a little bit of discomfort is okay now and then or pushing a little bit into your discomfort and that's okay because we don't want to become complacent or we don't want to assume that everything's perfect living in that pain's necessary yeah. the struggle makes you stronger mm-hmm. and this obsessive right. focus on compliance is actually really just kind of settling on mediocrity and we need to kind of push beyond that as well oftentimes it seems like yeah push your standards keep mm-hmm. changing them right be better than the minimums right and right. uh, it, it's just, you know, pain's good once in a while. I agree. Discomfort, yeah. pain. Yeah. I think they're necessary. You know, you need it. Like you, you need, you need employees to be uncomfortable once yeah. in a while. I know you're in pain right now. I'm I, in pain. I'm, we got to get out of these chairs, so, man. So, so it happens when you get old. Like your, exactly. your sciatic flares up. Like, <clears> and we'll oh talk about gosh. that next time. Because yeah. <laughs> we were going to talk about that today, but we've. we've It'll be the ailments episode. It, it, yeah, exactly. No kidding. Well. Really good conversation, as always, man. Thanks Friday, for coming man. in. Fish Fry Friday. <clears throat> Fish Fry. Oh, well, I'm a Methodist, so some I'm going to have steak, Some of my bro. favorite time. I was a cradle Catholic, so it's some of my favorite time of the year, Fish Fry Friday. Yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, I took I took my daughter out to the American Legion. Yeah, that's fry. what you said. And I feel so bad. Like, the, the American Legions are just kind of dying off, like, literally and, and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the last couple generations of military personnel, just veterans just aren't supporting the Legions anymore. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Legion. Like, there was... My back in pennsylvania legion, you know i grew up my my grand my well my grandfather was but my uncles were vets and one of my uncles was on the board on the legion board mm-hmm. and it would always take me up there they always have fundraisers and raffles and all kinds of yeah. crap going on um but you know i walked in there i think i was the youngest i was the youngest person at, at 50 for pretty much by significant number of years mm-hmm. besides my daughter right mm-hmm. um but it's just cool being around the veterans and, I, and I like supporting it, but it's just, it's kind of disheartening to see like, man, they're just slowly going away. I know um, that's a shame. Did she enjoy it? No, <laughs> she was bored out of her mind. Not, not at all. You know, like, <laughs> right. you know, she, you know, it's a 14 year like walking. Ew. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's old people. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I can see that. See, food was good though. Food was good. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And one parting thing tomorrow night, the big fight, you have a prediction. John Jones is, three-year hiatus and he's uh, back in the ring and he's fighting a tough guy right so i i'm i'm not a john jones fan well he's almost so i always hope he loses yeah uh i just i mean there's no denying his talent the guy's arguably the greatest fighter ever right um now you could argue he's also got pop for steroids and other drugs so it's like okay is he yeah. legit and i think that should taint your mm-hmm. 
uh, your legacy and he's had other legal troubles. I just don't. As a person, you as don't a, care don't, for he him. Doesn't, yeah, I don't care for him. As well, just, he doesn't represent the sport well at all, obviously. Uh, and, and, and a lot of fighters have gotten dismissed from the organization for a lot lesser Crimes infractions than, yeah, than what he John has Jones, but he's a big yeah. draw so you know how it is huge like, it's pay-per-view tomorrow when you're popular, night you can get away with stuff so i kind of hope he loses now one of my favorite fighters valentino sercecos fighting mm-hmm. and uh i love watching her fight she's an assassin she so, is amazing uh, so too. she's the co-main event oh right okay yeah yeah very so cool yeah she's an animal fight. yeah definitely all right guys i'll give you a lot to think about um yeah really some interesting topics today thanks for coming in Anytime, man. man it's good to see you Hope your back feels better. <laughs> I hope my well. back feels better. <laughs> um, everybody have a great weekend. Um, we are always interested in topics for discussions. If there are things that you are interested in having the group discuss, please let us know. As always, and uh, I say with sincere gratitude, thanks to all the sponsors and supporters of the program. Uh, ben Whitler and his buddies down at Airs and Airs Construction down in Lincoln. I've become a supporter. He just called me and said, hey, man, we like what you're doing. We'd like to help out. We sincerely appreciate that. Erdad appreciates it when my check's clear. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for your support, one and all. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.